welcome to the haunted ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the haunted ride. I'm your host, Melissa. Thank you for joining me today. So today we are actually going to go over some ghost stories, my ghost stories. In episode one, I said that I would share my ghost stories with you guys for the first couple episodes. One to just be the icebreaker, two to hopefully give you guys some stories to relate to, to help you think, oh, you know, I never really thought that was supernatural. But hearing this, I I get what she's saying about it being supernatural. It kind of makes sense. And also to kind of give you guys some courage to submit in your own stories. So you do know that I can relate to you a little bit. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys, please send in your ghost stories. So go to thehauntedride.com. There is a send us your ghost story link. Click that, fill out the form and submit it. Or you can go and email me at thehauntedride at gmail.com and send in your email that way. Either way, they're both on the chat. So send them in because I want to hear your ghost stories. Like your ghost stories are going to end up helping me out. Just like I hope that my ghost stories will end up helping me. So, diving into the ghost stories, kind of to give you a little bit of a background. So, the house that we lived in was not a good house when I was growing up. There were a lot of bad things that happened in the house, not really to choose supernatural. Uh, no murders or things like that, but there was someone who died in the house. I found that out uh, later when I was older. It was a relative. I did not know that. Um, there was a lot of just, I don't know. It was like the house amplified negative emotions and it amplified, like if you had a general personality and it was a little negative, it amplified it there. And that is largely in case to a portal that was in the third bedroom closet. So to give you guys kind of a layout of the house, If you walk in the front door, there was this large open space, which was a hallway, and then you you were walking into the living room. So the hallway kind of had a little bit of room separated out from the door, so it was kind of like a foyer. If you were walking into the house, there was a living room, dead center. To the right was the dining room, and then the hallway curved around to the kitchen, which was past the dining room, but that was actually enclosed. So the dining room and living room were completely open. But on the left were all the bedrooms. The master bedroom was, how can I describe it? It was the first bedroom, basically. But the hallway led dead center into the middle bedroom. So for you to get to the master bedroom, you did have to make like a little turn. But all all of the bedrooms were connected by that hallway. Everything was connected by that hallway. It was like one main line. So the middle bedroom, and then there was a third bedroom. And if you would have to turn to the right down the hallway past the bathroom that was there. And that was the third bedroom. That bedroom was basically all the way out at the back of the house. And the closet in that bedroom was where the portal was. Now, obviously, as a child, I did not know there was a portal there. I do remember as a kid, I just felt, I felt like there was a lot of energy around me, I think is the best way I can describe it. As a kid, I picked up on energies very, very easily. I did not know what they were. But in anything, I picked up energies. I was just, I was a weird kid. I was, and I don't mean that as a, you know, it was weird that I picked up energies. No, I was just, as a kid, I always felt different than everybody else. I 
knew that I seemed to connect with the environment and the elements around me. I knew that I never really liked the house. I knew that I always felt like the house was was darker and oppressed. It was an open floor plan, tons of windows, but I never really felt like the light came in the house. I just, I always knew something was weird about the house. I didn't like it. I never, I never liked that house. But as a kid, my grandmother would do these kind of cleansings. She would do them weekly. She never missed them. She always did a cleansing. It was very a uh, simple little thing. It, it wasn't like the cleansings with sage and stuff like that. It was her own thing that she did. And I think my grandmother knew that I felt energies. I just didn't know what they were or how to describe them. I feel like she protected me from them. But we never talked about the fact that I could feel energy. We didn't talk about that. My grandmother, though, she taught me different sort of spiritual things. She taught me how to read tarot cards. She taught me how to use tarot cards. She taught me different divination tools. She explained them to me. And I know some people might be thinking, oh, well, maybe she brought this in with her because she was more open to the supernatural. To my knowledge, this may be incorrect, but this is just my experience and what I have sort of looked into. You can't really travel portals. They kind of stay where they are unless they're in something that can travel like a mirror. I don't think she brought anything with her. I think she just knew things were there. I think she knew more than she ever really let on. So getting into the first story, I want to see it was maybe like six or seven. Uh, by this point, we all slept in the back bedroom. Now, I had crazy dreams. I would have crazy nightmares. And my nightmares, I was always fighting. Um, and I feel bad for my grandmother and my mom because I would kick and punch them. I do not remember doing this, but apparently whatever I was doing in my nightmare to fight off whatever I was fighting, I was doing in real life too. So they had a lot of like bruises for me as a kid. So I feel really bad for them, but I, I can't really, I never really thought about why I had these horrible dreams. All I know is after I left that house, the severity and the frequency of the dreams they they didn't happen really much at all but i do remember them and they were really scary for me as a kid this will be more important in a second so my mom bought this statue thing it was a statue of a little black cat i think that cat had brown or green eyes one of the two and she put it by the front door and i remember she let me hold the statue with the promise that i wouldn't break it and and it, it freaked me out I remember it freaked me out. And I loved animals. I loved all animals to this day. I still love animals. I love cats. I think they're great. But I hated that statue. I hated it from the second it came in that house. So she put it by the front door. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to walk by the statue. Now, again, this is why I went into the layout of the house. In order for me to get to the kitchen or the dining room or even the living room, I had to walk by the statue. But I didn't want to go over there. I didn't want anything to do with going by that statue whatsoever at all. But at nighttime, if I had to go to the kitchen, I ran past that statue. I started having nightmares. I, I would run past the statue at night and it would come alive and with its big giant claws, grab my ankle and drag me. I always woke up before it dragged me anywhere, but that, that was the reoccurring nightmare I had ever since that statue came in the house. And I told my mom, you know, she just thought it was a nightmare. I had crazy nightmares, so I don't blame her for that. I mean, you're a child. 
most parents, I think, would think that you're just having a nightmare. I told my grandmother, and I think she was concerned with how often I was having the dream. And I think she tried to get my mom to, you know, sell a statue or drop it in the trash or something. Well, I was like, no, it's a statue. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's a statue. She'll get over it. I think maybe the statue was not even in the house for like a month at this point, maybe two weeks. And my mom was not in the room with us. I woke up because I felt like something was crawling on me. And I lifted the covers and there was a black head of a cat with the same glowing green eyes that the cat statue would have at night. And it was huge. It was weighing down my body. The body of the cat was as big as my body. It was, it was huge. It was, it was, it would have had to be about the size of a panther, basically, to cover my entire body the way that it was covering. And I screamed. I screamed and I, I scared the bejesus out of my poor grandmother. She rolled over and she saw it. So like now at this point, my nightmare is obviously coming alive in a completely different way where now the cat is on top of me. You could think that I'm still asleep, but I'm wide awake at this point and my grandmother rolls over and she sees the same thing I see on top of me. And in Spanish, she tells it to go. And she said something else. I don't remember. I think I was too busy, like, in shock and terrified. And not, I wasn't sure what I what to do because I felt the claws, like, pressing on my body. I felt like I couldn't move. When she said whatever it was she said to this cat, the cat turned, sort of pressed its weight down on my body to jump off, jumped out the window. And then we went back to sleep, which is nuts because... I remember being terrified, but I remember her hugging me and basically being like, it's okay. It was a dream. Go back to sleep. And I was like, no, it was not a dream. Saw this thing. And she was like, go back to sleep. We'll talk about it in the morning. I said, okay. And I went back to sleep. When I woke up, I don't really remember feeling much of anything, but I do remember when I walked to the bathroom, I had little claw marks on on my body. They were red and welting. They were there. And I was like, oh my God. You know, like this really did happen. And I was a little scared to say something because, I mean, I had had these nightmares and the cat statue was still there. I wasn't sure if anyone was going to believe me. And I was just like, I I couldn't really prove that I I didn't do them to myself because they were just on the front of my body. So my hands could like reach there and make these claw marks, technically speaking. But like, I I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I didn't think anyone was going to believe me. When I walked into the kitchen to go see my grandmother, she knew. Right away, I didn't have to say anything to her. She gave me a big hug and she said, we'll take care of it. She got rid of the cat statue that day. I went back to the bedroom and where the cat had jumped through the window, there was a huge hole in the screen. So there was no hole in the screen before this happened. In addition to that, my mother had these little dolphin figurines that she lined the windowsill with and some of them were broken and it was right directly by the hole. That was my first supernatural experience that I really realized was a supernatural experience. So the second experience that I have, I've always struggled with this. It's always left me very confused. I just know that it wasn't right. And I don't really know how to explain that. Except just when when this happened to me, I always knew it, it stuck in my mind for years, like years. 
I remember waking up and being in this like really groggy state. Even to this day, if I wake up, like I'm up, especially if, if, if you give me like five minutes, I'm up. My speech is normal. My voice is normal. I don't sound groggy unless something's wrong or I'm sick. Then that's when I seem a little, a little off. And that's how I felt the same when I woke up. And I woke up, I believe at 7.33 a.m. I kind of just felt like I had never slept. I felt like I had been up the whole time. And I knew I, I slept. I knew I'd been asleep. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I remember wanting to go see my grandmother, but I didn't make it out of the bed. I fell back asleep. And then when I woke up again, it was 7.27 a.m. Originally, it was 7.33, the first time I woke up. And I woke up again at 7.27. And it was kind of like the events of, of what had happened at 7.33. It was kind of almost like I relived them again. It, it kind of explained the why I didn't feel like I'd slept because I'd only been asleep for like five minutes. Or I still had that feeling. I still just felt off. I go back to sleep. Then when I wake up again, it's like 6.05 in the morning. At this point, I'm awake. So I've now woken up three different times at three different times, 7.33, 7.27, and 6.05, all on the same day. When I woke up and I rolled over, I looked at the clock. I was like, what? I looked at, I looked at this clock. It was 7.27 and 7.33. Like, I looked at it. How, how is it 6.05? Maybe, maybe it's daylight savings time. But something told me it wasn't. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me that somehow I had woken up three times and every time I woke up, it was earlier than I originally woke up. Like that was impossible. It didn't make any sense. I go, I get up, I tell my grandmother what happened and she kind of looked at me like I was weird. And she's like, no, like it's, I think by the time I had gotten up there to tell her, I think it was like 610. She's like, no, it's 610. She's like, and you're actually up early. Like, why are you up early? I said, I don't know. I said, I, th I thought it was later. She goes, no, like it's, you know, and she tells me the time. And she goes, honey, why don't you go back to bed? I said, okay. And she said, you know, when you wake up again, I think she's going to make breakfast or something. I said, okay. I go back to sleep. And then when I woke up again at 7.27, then I woke up again at 7.33. It was basically like I was just, every time I woke up, it was earlier in the day. But then I kept waking up at the same exact time that I originally woke up. It, it didn't, it just, me trying to explain it sounds confusing to me right now it didn't make any sense you can't time doesn't reverse when you go to sleep and wake up it goes forward <laughs> like how are we going counterclockwise every time i wake up it's earlier and earlier so finally when i when i woke up at the 7:33 again now for the i think it was the second time time had started going back so i kept you know i woke up 7:33 727 when i went back to sleep at like i think maybe by the time I talked to my grandmother and come back to bed at my bed 6.20, then I woke up again at 7.27, felt the same way, woke up again at 7.33. And then I forced myself to go back to sleep again. And when I woke up again, it was like 8 o'clock and I was like, okay. And I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I was scared to go, I was scared to sleep because I was scared that if I, I went to sleep again, I would just wake up early again. Like, I, I didn't understand what was going on. I know it sounds really confusing. It confused me as a kid. It still confuses me to this day. But I think, I guess maybe it was just kind of like a time loop. But I don't know what would cause that. I remember, like, questioning, like, what would cause that? Like, why would that have happened? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It never made sense to me. It never made sense to me. And the only thing I can think of 
is that something caused it because it was weird to keep feeling the exact same way. It was weird to keep feeling like I had relived the day over and over again. It was weird to keep thinking like, oh, I hadn't slept when I knew I'd slept, but then somehow I'd only been asleep for five minutes. It didn't make any sense. It was just bouncing back and forth. And I was so happy when I woke up at like eight o'clock and I was like, okay, I'd, I'd never made it to eight before. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm okay, but I was still terrified to go to sleep. So in the next story, by this point, I was like 10 years old. My grandmother had just died. We were very upset. We were in a very negative space. There was a lot of depression circulating around in the house. I truly believe in that whole saying that if you have a negative spirit, you are in a negative emotion. They feed off of that because I'm going to be honest, this is when shit hit the fan. <laughs> shit hit the fan hard. Later on in life, as I kind of analyzed everything that happened, I was never really sure if it was just the fact that we were all in a negative mindset. None of us were strong. We were all just sad because of everything that was going on. Or if it was the fact that no one was doing the cleansings anymore. We never, we didn't do the cleansings for years. We, we didn't do them. We kept our stuff where it was, but it was, it was like, it was hard to touch it because it was hers and she wasn't there anymore. And it was just picking up the pieces of this person who's not there anymore. So at this point, I'm 10. My mom was not sleeping very much. Both of us were sleeping in the master bedroom at this point. I, I had become a very sensitive sleeper at this point. Like if somebody left the room, I always kind of knew. But when I was younger, I was way more rowdy and I moved a lot more. So yeah, I knew you weren't there anymore, but I didn't really care. I, I don't know why, but I'd become way more sensitive to just not just energy, but space around me. But I felt my grandmother knew some of the things that were going on with me. And she protected me from them because I thought it was very strange that as she died, it was like all these things came rushing to me. I knew my mom had left the bed. I woke up when she got up, but I kind of felt like she needed some alone time. I kind of tried to go back to bed, but, but I felt like something was watching me. I wasn't sure why. I just felt like something was watching me. So I open my eyes and I roll over and I look at the door and there is this thing blacker than black around it, blocking out the entry of the door. And it was what a lot of people call a shadow man. I know some shadow people don't have the top hat. I know sometimes it's not always a man. I know sometimes they have like an overcoat. Sometimes they don't. Well, mine had a top hat. Mine had a suit on. I couldn't see its face. I, I, I just saw the form. So I know with my own eyes, I could not see its face. But in my mind's eye, I could. In my mind's eye, I know exactly what that thing looked like. And all I knew was if I tried to get out of that bed, it was it was going to hurt me. I knew that for whatever reason, as long as I was in the bed, it was just going to stay at the door. But if I like made a motion of like, I'm awake and I see you, or I try to get out the bed to like escape, it was going to hurt me. Like I knew it immediately. And I screamed. I think as a child, for some reason, my first reaction was to scream. I got over that later in life. Then I became more of a fight person. But I was I was a screamer at that point. <laughs> I, was, I would just scream. So I screamed because I didn't know what, what else to do about this thing. And my mom ran down the hallway into the bedroom. And I can't remember if she didn't run through it. 
But I remember not really believing that it wasn't there anymore. I remember like, I don't know if maybe it just shifted so she could get in or kind of faded back away, like back down the hallway or something. Well, I know she didn't run through it, but I knew it was still there. I, because I remember when I was when I screamed and she came to me and I told her what it was and she was holding me and I was crying. I remember looking for it. I remember knowing it was there, but I couldn't see it anymore. So in the morning, I told her what I saw and she didn't say that she believed me or she didn't believe me, but I kind of just thought she didn't believe me. We were talking in the house. I told her again what I saw. At first, she kind of told me, no, you didn't really see that. I said, yes, I did. I saw it. Like, I saw it with my own eyes. I saw this thing. It was there. I saw it. And it scared the crap out of me. I guess with how afraid I was, while in her mind, she couldn't believe it. She could believe that I obviously saw something that scared me. So she said to me, well, maybe it was my relative. And this is, I think this is when I found out that my relative died in the house. And I said, no. I said, I don't think it was him because why would he want to hurt me? It wasn't friendly. It wasn't loving. It wasn't like, I'm here to protect you or watch out for you. It wanted to hurt me. And I was just like, no, nothing that like loves you is going to do that to you. Nothing's going to make you feel that way. She didn't really know what to say, but she did at least believe that I'd seen something. Probably right after this, I finally started sleeping in my own room, which was the middle room. And my mother slept in the master bedroom. Whenever I would be in the middle room, and I would try to sleep. Basically from about 1 to 3.30, almost 4 o'clock in the morning, I would hear voices. I would hear muffled talking, jumbled talking all the time. Sometimes I thought that they were dancing. Other times I thought they were arguing. I didn't understand where I was hearing them. I thought maybe I was streaming them, but even if I opened my eyes, I could still hear them. I would always hear them almost like if they were in between a wall, between the hallway and the wall that met the living room area. And I would go out there and there was nothing. I would go to the living room, there was nothing, but I knew I heard them. And it was almost like I felt that something was there, but I didn't know what it was. And I could hear it. And I heard it night after night after night. It was endless. And I honestly thought that I was going nuts. Like I thought I was going crazy because I didn't understand why I could hear these voices. They would wake me up. I started hearing them earlier in the night. I'd hear them from like 11 to four. And then they'd go back to being like the normal one to four o'clock. Luckily for me, (laughs) uh, around this time, I think a haunting had come out. And there were a couple episodes of people who heard the jumbled voices. And I was like, Maybe, maybe this is what I'm hearing because I thought, I thought I'd lost my mind. I thought it was gone. I didn't understand why I heard these things. And finally I got to a point where if I focused hard enough, I could understand them and I could understand what they were saying. I knew sometimes it was a man and sometimes it was a woman's voice. Other times I didn't know what that voice was. All I knew was that finally I I felt like, okay, I'm not the only person who has this. There are people on a haunting who have this and, you know, whether it's real or not, they're talking about the situation and they're talking about this experience. And so someone out there somewhere has had this experience too, and I'm not the only one and I'm not going nuts because I thought I was. What made it 
even easier for me at that time was I had a, a boom box. And the boom box played set tapes. I think at that time it could play a CD. And I put in, no, I'm sorry, I was listening to the radio. So I was listening to the radio. Underneath the undertone of the music, I heard the voices. And for a second, I thought, oh my God, maybe that's where the voices have been coming from all the time. And I was like, no, no, no. Because if that radio was on at 11 to four o'clock in the morning, we all would have heard it. We all would have heard like the actual radio station. We would have heard the music. We would have thought like, okay, something's wrong. I even unplugged the radio and I could still hear the voices. So it wasn't that. I think that was the first time that I ever said, okay, there is, there is something in this house. So no, you know, when we had the Shadow Man experience, I didn't say something was in this house. I mean, I knew something was there, but this was the first time that I knew because it was, it happened so frequently every night at these times, I knew, okay, no, 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 something's there and something's around and something is either trying to get my attention or knows I can hear it or really just the most terrifying part is something else is in this house with us that we can't see. And I think that was the first time that I believed like we had a problem and I knew it wasn't a good problem. So the last story I will tell you guys is I had a phone. I, the first phone I ever had was an Ericsson. Let me tell you something about those Ericsson phones. They could put all the phones to this day to shame. That stupid thing works so well. And then after that, I think I got, I think it was a Motorola. Yeah. Cause I don't think I ever had a Nokia. I, I think it was a Motorola. There used to be there used to be this little place in the in the mall. You could take your phone there and get accessories. So you could change out the keypad tone. You could get a new cover, a new face cover. You could get um, little things for the antenna. And so, for whatever reason, which you would have to know me to know this, while I like fire and I think fire is interesting, I've always known it was dangerous. So I was never really all that into fire. But for some reason, as I was going through the cases, the only one that I thought was okay. He didn't really have a great selection, but the only one I thought was okay was was the flame cases. So I got a flame cover and when we went back again, um he changed out my keypad so it would match the flame color. So what would happen is if someone called my phone, the keypad would light up and it was red. And I had gotten a little crown antenna and the crown antenna would go off in different colors. Again, you you would have to know me, but that's not I remember in the back of my mind, I asked myself, why did I get this on my phone? Who would get a red light up keypad? Anytime you turn on the phone, anytime somebody calls you, anytime you do something, you get a notification, like a message or something, it's going to go off in this red color. Who would do that? I typically wouldn't do that. And I remember thinking that, but then I also remember going, well, you didn't really have a whole selection. What else am I going to get to match the flame cover that I just got? I'm not going to do black. And he doesn't have yellow and orange would be kind of a little weird. So I guess red's going to work. But I just, I always thought that was kind of weird that I did that. The only thing of that phone that kind of seemed like right to me was the fact that the crown light up. I, I wasn't like a crown princess person. My favorite thing was that it was clear. So you could see the light light up and it was in a rainbow of color. So if that kind of makes some sense, like that was the only real thing that I ever felt was me of that phone. After all the work was done on the phone, um, it started acting weird. If I would put the phone to charge, when you first put in the charger, it, um, you know, connected phone to the charger, 
the light of the red keypad would light up and then it would dim down. It stopped dimming down. It would just stay red. And I was really sensitive to light at that point when I was asleep. I was like, well, why is it doing this? Also, I should mention that at this point, I had moved rooms from the middle room to the back bedroom because I, I, I don't know, I just wanted to sleep there instead. So it would just be red glowing throughout the entire night. It would have creeped me out. I didn't like it. It would just, it would, it would creep me out. I would turn it face down and kind of cover it with stuff so that I wouldn't notice it at night. But then I started getting phone calls and I would get them late at night. Now, at this point, we had star 69. I could see a number come up on the caller ID. Well, whenever I would get these phone calls late at night, it would not give me a number. It would just say that I had a call. And of course, I wouldn't answer the phone call. But all the lights were now dancing in the middle of the room because the phone was ringing. Even though I had it on vibrate or on silent, I mean, it, it's that that was the purpose of the lights were that you knew no matter what that it was you had a phone call. And so I was like, what the world? Who's calling me at like one, two, three o'clock in the morning? And it happened pretty often, not daily. You know, once it started off like once every two weeks, then once a week, then twice a week. So I said, okay. I said, here's what I'll do. At nighttime, I will turn off the phone. I will just have the red, you know, keypad light, but I won't get any phone calls, so I won't dance. I still got phone calls when the phone was off. Phones don't do that. <laughs> when your phone is off, you don't get a phone call. <laughs> even, in today, uh, even in today's technology, when the phone is off, you don't get a phone call. Like, that's not how it works. Obviously, like, at this point, because the phone's off, I can't see on the screen that I have a call, but that's what it does when you have a call. And it only does like all the all of the lights go off dancing and stuff when you have a call coming in. And we didn't have text messages at the time. So like we didn't have a texting plan on the phone. So it wasn't a text message. It was a phone call. But if I would turn the phone back on, it didn't say I had any missed calls. It, it was it was weird. I, I even thought like maybe maybe when the guy like was putting everything on the phone, he, you know, messed something up and somehow it's is why the phone is doing all of this. So I said, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the battery out. No battery, no light. Nope. The lights were still on. It wouldn't get any more phone calls, but the lights on that phone stayed on. They stayed on. I was like, okay. So I put the phone in the box because I said, I said to myself, I said, okay, I've, I've taken the battery out. I don't know. Maybe like, maybe it takes the phone a while for all the lights to come off. But it would take like, it's, it never came off. And it was like a day later. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put this phone in a box. I'm going to put the box in the closet. So I put the box in the closet on the top shelf. I kept it in there for about a week. Because I, I knew that I wasn't remembering like how long I had done this or that or the other. So I knew if I put it in the box in the closet, I would leave it in there, kind of forget about it a little bit, come back and then check on it later. And it had been there for about a week. I think a, more like a week and a half. Pulled the phone out. The phone was still lit up. No battery. No power. <laughs> it was still on. Okay. So I brought it to my mom and I was like, mom, the phone's lit up. She goes, okay. I said, there's no battery in. She goes, of course there is. I said, no, there's not. And I held out the battery in my hand. And she was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like she, I think that was the first time I ever saw her freaked out 
from something that was clearly supernatural. I said to her, I said, I've, I kept it in a box for a week. She goes, did you just take the battery out? I said, no, I've kept it in the box for a week. She said, no, you lie. I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, I kept it in a box for a week without the battery, and it's still lit up. She goes, okay, let's put it in the garage. Let me explain something to you. When we left that house, I was 15, going on 16. When this, When I got this phone, I was about 10. We found the box in the garage with the phone and the battery pulled out of it and the phone was still lit up and with that i'm going to end our episode today i hope you enjoyed remember to submit your stories at thehauntedride.com or email them at thehauntedride at gmail.com and uh i hope you have a great day i hope you enjoyed the episode and don't let the ghost get you bye